And welcome back to another edition of the Champs Corner podcast featuring Mark Jennings. I'm your host, Drew Champlin. It is the night before the Spring National Signing Day, which has lost its luster since the uh, NCAA instituted the December signing period. We still have some uh, big-time recruits to talk about as Alabama is trying to finish its top-rated recruiting class. We are just a few days from the start of the Birmingham Irons inaugural season. Uh, Mark Jennings is a minority owner of the franchise. We'll talk a lot of iron on this podcast as well. With that, let me introduce my co-host, Mark Jennings. Mark, how you doing? Drew, this is the best week of my life. You know what we got going on this week, Drew? We got signing day tomorrow. We got the Birmingham Iron debuting at beautiful Legion Field on Sunday. But right now, I get to do the Champs Corner podcast. And it's the greatest day and the greatest week of my life, Drew. I'm so excited about it. I'm pumped for what we got going on over the next few days. I, I just can't even contain myself. Drew, how are you doing? You know, I'm, I'm doing really well. Uh, to let everybody know, the podcast is available on SoundCloud. Um, but go subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, CastBox. Just search Champs Corner and you'll find us. Subscribe and uh, leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from all of our loyal listeners. I think our last podcast a couple of weeks ago was at around 410,000 listeners. Last I checked, and I'm sure we'll have an even bigger uh, audience this week with National Signing Day and with the Birmingham Iron Getting started. Uh, Mark, can we address something else before we get to signing day and the iron? As your podcaster, I'm just the guest. Yeah, go ahead. What question you got? All right. So, obviously, you've been breaking news left and right about uh, NCAA athletes entering their name into the NCAA transfer portal on your Twitter feed at Mark Jennings55. Uh, one of them was Henching Rachel Tam of the University of Evansville Aces volleyball team. And uh, apparently the Aces volleyball team listened to our podcast. They're among that 410,000 and tweeted back at Mark Jennings and said, we want to clarify that she is in the portal because she is pursuing a beach volleyball opportunity once she finishes playing at UE Indoor this coming season, which would be later this fall. She graduates in December. Rachel is a wonderful kid, and we look forward towards helping her reach her long-term dreams. And Mark, you said on our last podcast she's looking towards transferring closer to home, maybe Alaska Anchorage, Alaska Fairbanks, one of the two. She is a native of Hong Kong. Um, What's going on here, Mark? Is this a joke, or or were you a little off with your uh, description of this? I wasn't off at all, Drew. Do you remember me saying anything last week? or the last time we did this podcast, ruling out that she would not be playing beach volleyball. Do you remember me saying that? I don't remember that at all. Of course I didn't say that, Drew, because I knew all along that she is going to go play beach volleyball, and she is such a talented player. Alaska Fairbanks is considering pursuing and starting a beach volleyball program just for her. I've been in discussion with the Tam family. I have my sources in Fairbanks up in the Arctic Circle. I know what's going on, Drew. I'm sure the liberal social media intern at Evansville, 
you know, probably some 16-year-old high school kid at Evansville High School running the volleyball Twitter. They think they know something, but they don't, Drew. And they are out of their league on this. And and it's disappointing to me that these universities are so irresponsible with their Twitter accounts that they allow these types of falsehoods and rumors and innuendo to be spread about some of their student-athletes. So what you're saying is there's still a possibility she could be a Lady Nanook. I'd say that's that's the, the leading uh, possibility at this point, Drew, to be real honest with you. I can't share everything I know about her, but if I was a betting man, uh, I wouldn't bet on where somebody goes to college because I think that would be amoral and unethical. But I would I would guess that she'd end up as a lady nanook, Drew. All right. So if the lady if Alaska Fairbanks started a beach volleyball program coming up next spring and they you know, have a little bit of work to do, obviously might need to I don't know, grow some sand or something like that. How competitive would they be with uh, with the addition the possible addition of Rachel Tam? Well, I really like the ideas and plans they have going forward. They haven't ironed out all the details yet. I've made my suggestions to them if they do decide to go forward with beach volleyball as to the coaches they should hire. But that's going to be between me and the Nanook Athletic Department. I'm certainly not going to share that on a podcast with 410,000 people. All right. Well, listen, let's go back to what our listeners want to hear. And you've broken several transfer news uh, from, from of athletes all over the country for your for your Twitter followers. I think it's around 3 million right now. I haven't, I haven't counted in a few days. But uh, did I read correctly that three University of Alabama football players have entered their names into the transfer portal? That's correct, Drew. We got, we're talking about snapper Scott Meyer. Uh, doesn't want to sit two more years behind Thomas Fletcher. I can't blame him there. Uh, defensive back Kyrie McDonald. Uh, I don't really think he's an SEC player. And, of course, uh, the news today, uh, former quote-unquote five-star recruit Yavi Obama, who was overrated by the subscription sites, really. I don't know if you remember this, Drew, but you kept going on and on on how we need to talk about this kid. I said, Drew, uh, the subscription sites have him rated pretty highly, but I'm not sure he's really an SEC player. And you were pretty surprised, but, uh, again, it turns out I was correct. So uh, we're talking about Yavi Anoma. Uh, he really only had one pass rush move. He didn't take a lot of coaching. Uh, he's in and out of practice. I think there's a clear opportunity that existed uh, for him to play and have significant playing time this year, and he didn't take advantage of it yet. And I, as, as From what I understand, the coaching staff is pretty disappointed. So uh, Alabama fans are pretty disappointed today, but, but to be honest with you, uh, I never thought that he was an SEC caliber player to begin with. Yeah, this is the pass rusher out of Maryland. You think he ends up? Uh, you think Yabi ends up maybe playing for Mike Loxley at Maryland next fall? You know I can't share that information with you, Drew, on this podcast. You keep asking me these questions. You know I can't share that with you. Understood. Hey, uh, speaking of of the liberal media, you posted a Twitter last week about uh, uh, right-handed pitcher Jerry Garcia of Holy Names University has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Fifteen hours later, a local Birmingham radio host tweeted the same thing. And I'll let you say the guy's the uh, the gentleman's name or, or not, but uh, how frustrating was that to see uh, another scoop, much like uh, you know the, the Colin Sexton leaving early, uh, to an extent the uh, Alabama-Western Carolina scoop, uh, another, another liberal media 
news source tw uh, reporting something but not crediting you with the news? Well, first of all, I am certainly not going to mention his name on the podcast. But if, if people in the liberal media um, want to plagiarize and steal information from other members in the media, that's fine. But I'm a big believer in karma. And if, if you know, former Auburn players who host or co-host midday radio shows want to engage in that behavior uh, and think they're going to get away with it. I think they have another thing coming. You know, you know you're in the media, Drew. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. You know, we're always fighting for scoops and trying to get the most uh, clicks on our website and whatever. Uh, when somebody steals in for information and, and plays it off that they came up with it themselves, that's hugely disappointing to me. Uh, to be honest with you, I wish I could say I was surprised uh, by what happened, but I've seen what's happened to, to his career. Uh, of course, I'm talking about Cole Kubelik. What happened to Cole, Cole Kubelik's career since he became a part of the middle of, uh, the liberal media and how he treats the little people like myself, uh, I'm very disappointed in him. Uh, I, I know him pretty well from uh, his days being recruited. Uh, I know his coaches pretty well, I should say. Uh, that was back when I was just breaking into uh, to that area of recruiting. Uh, I, I'm just disappointed in the whole thing, Drew, and I'm sorry. I'm pretty verklempt about it. And I'm upset. Uh, but it is what it is. There's not much I can do about it. Uh, I've worked hard to break that info, to bring them to the followers that we have on Twitter. Uh, and I hope they appreciate it. And the fact that someone's trying to steal that information and pass it off like they broke the news, uh, that's very disappointing. Yeah, I uh, completely understand there, Mark. Let's stick with Birmingham. Obviously, the Iron opening the inaugural campaign in the Alliance of American Football. And did, did I say it right earlier that you're a minority owner? That is correct, Drew. I'm a part of the ownership group. I am. I am not the majority owner. I only. I do own a share of the Birmingham Iron Football Club. All right. Well, it's the Iron versus the Memphis Express Sunday at Legion Field at three o'clock Central Time on CBS Sports Network. Mark, I plan to be there. Um, T-shirts are being given to the first 20,000 fans. So, obviously, how early do I need to get there to get one of those T-shirts? i got to be real honest with you, Drew. I just got back from Legion Field, and people are already camping out. The tents are up. They're already tailgating, getting ready for Sunday. You know, we're still, what, five days away from opening, from kickoff, and you have all these people out here. I think you need to go ahead and get down there, Drew, to be pretty honest with you. To play it safe, I need you to get there. You probably need to get there at the latest, you know, Friday afternoon, maybe Friday night. Uh, luckily, you know, it's a very safe area, so you don't have to worry about people. Uh, you, know, you don't have to worry about your stuff while you're there. So I think you'll be just fine. I think you'll have a great time camping out. Plenty of other season ticket holders are out there. Uh, it, it's already a fantastic time, Drew. And, and if you're not out there pretty soon, I'm, I'm afraid you might not be able to get your T-shirt. That's incredible, Mark. So how many tents are out there right now? Like like a couple of college students, something like that? or I counted little... 62 when I was out there, Drew. 62, average of how many people in those tents? Like three or four? I, it was it was they were pretty big tents, Drew. I, I didn't go in and count individually how many people were in each tent, but let's say there's an average of I don't know, 
three and a half people in each tent. I don't know how you get half a person in a tent. But if you did have three and a half people, whatever 62 times three and a half is. Did you see any babies or young children? I think 62 times three and a half is like 217 or something, maybe. I, I don't I don't know. Did I see any babies? Yeah, or young children. Yeah, I mean, there are family units in the tents, Drew. Ah, Took them out of school to go through the iron. Yeah. Hey, um, so yeah, I, they, school's not that important anyway, Drew. If there's anybody that's, that speaks to that, it's me. I'm looking at my success story, and I was never good at school. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some schools nearby, so maybe the people will save their sons or daughters' place in line if they need to go take an English test or something like that. I believe Parker High School is nearby and several others. Hey, um, there's an event Thursday night at Iron City. Doors open for the season ticket holders at 5.30 for the public at 6.30. You went to a lunch earlier this week at, at the club, right? For the That was that had some Iron player and, and Joe Pendry, the general manager there, and some others. We did. We had a charity luncheon uh, this week. It was a $50,000 a plate luncheon, so thank you everyone that came and, and, and bought a plate and donated to the uh, the Birmingham Iron Foundation. We haven't picked out the charities where the money's going to go to yet, but we'll figure that out later. Uh, yeah, it was a fantastic event. Uh, lots of season ticket holders there. My good friend Joe Pendry spoke. Uh, and he was exciting and, and really engaging as always. And as you know, if, if you ever hear him speak and hear how charismatic he is, he really got the crowd ready to go. And I listened to him, Drew, and I was ready to get out there and go run through a brick wall as soon as I get done hearing him speak. So it was a fantastic time, Drew. Thank you for asking. Yeah, absolutely. And I know the, the Iron and actually the all eight teams of the Alliance of American Football are in San Antonio for a few weeks for their preseason camp. I know you were down there for most, if not all, of it. How tough was it to cut down this roster to, I believe, it's 53 men for the opener? It was pretty tough, Drew. I was, I, I, you know, I'm not part of the, the, I'm not the general manager, obviously, and I'm not part of the, uh, the team that makes personnel decisions. I gave my input uh, when I was asked. Uh, sometimes they listened to it, sometimes they didn't. But it's always hard when you cut down players because uh, you're talking about guys' futures. And and once you cut a player, you know, that's a life-changing event for them. And that's always hard. And, uh, you know, you're forcing them to make decisions they didn't want to make, and that's really hard for me to do. Uh, and, and I understand uh, for those players and where they're coming from that they think the world's ending. But for those of you, the players, you know, I've taught some of you, some of you listen to the podcast the world's not over. Uh, you just got to find something you love to do. Do what I did, and you're going to be successful in life, and you can become as rich as wealthy and, and wealthy as I am. So uh, you key guys keep working hard, and you're going to go far. All right. And before we get to a few key contributors for this for this team, I was really surprised when South Carolina, former South Carolina tight end Wesley Saunders didn't make the cut. And he was a guy that I was hearing from my sources that was running with the ones during scrimmages. Do you have any insight on that? Uh, yeah, Drew, I feel comfortable sharing this information with you and the, and the listeners. Uh, Wesley Saunders, it was a culture fit problem. Uh, the culture that the coaches and management were trying to create around the team. Uh, he wasn't buying in, and, and he was really the odd man out. And he's a, obviously a great talent, but no matter how talented he is, if you don't buy into what the team's trying to do, uh, you're, you're, you're just not going to be able to have a, 
uh, be a part of that team and be a, a winning contributor, and that's why he, he got cut, Drew. I, I feel comfortable sharing that information with you. Ah, that's sad, sad to see. Uh, Trent Richardson is is obviously a headliner name for the Iron. You remember he had such a great career at the University of Alabama, flamed out as a pro running back. It seems like I remember hearing you saying that he may struggle in the NFL, but um, how how is he doing going into the season? He looks pretty good, to be honest with you. He looks like he's ready to come back. He looks like he did in college. He's, he's chiseled and muscular, and you think a guy's been out of football for a while, might get out of shape. He hasn't gotten out of shape at all. Uh, I think he's having a pretty big year, Drew. We're gonna, we're gonna, uh, you know, hopefully no Memphis, Memphis coaching staffs are, are listening. Uh, we plan to give him the ball a lot, Drew. We're expecting him to get, you know, probably try to get him about 100 yards a game, make him a significant part of the offense. So we're looking forward to Trent Richardson. We're expecting big things, uh, big things out of him uh, coming up this Sunday and the rest of the year. All right. So give me a few names to watch, Mark. Uh, you know, just maybe four or five names here or there as we as we get into the season, so that our listeners will know who to, maybe some guys who to really root for. You know, as as we start the season. Absolutely. You know, I, the guys that that pop out to me when I'm watching the team. I'm talking about guys like wide receiver Quentin Patton. Linebacker Beniquez Brown. Uh, of course, we talked about Luis Perez, a quarterback before. The guy I really like is Jonathan Massaquad of Troy. Uh, defensive end, fantastic player out of Troy. Uh, honestly, with you, Drew, I think he should be in the NFL right now. It wouldn't surprise me at all if he came out and was the best defensive player in the entire league. He's really a leader on the team, a leader in that clubhouse, and, and we're excited to have him. And you need to watch him coming off the edge a few times this coming up Sunday, Drew, because he really is a joy to watch on that football field. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, and I saw some Vegas odds, and they have the Birmingham Iron at, uh, I believe it's 10-1, to 1, or maybe it's 10 or 12-1, to 1, but to win the Alliance of American Football. Those odds were the worst in the league, and that really surprised me, knowing what I know about your evaluation and, and, the, and the group that's uh, running things with Joe Pendry, Tim Lewis, the head coach. Uh, you, what's, uh, what do you have to say about that? Well, first things first, Drew, betting is amoral and a sin, and you need to go to church and spend more time in church instead of looking at, at odds. Uh, second of all, you know I wholly support uh, the personnel decisions that the, the team's made so far. Uh, you know, some of them I disagree with. Some of them they didn't listen to me. Um, but some of them they did. So I, I wholly support the, the moves the team has made. Uh, and we're just going to see going forward how everything works out, Drew. All right. The game Sunday on CBS Sports Network. I know you're expecting a sellout. Uh, the, the Birmingham Iron at home. A one-point a, a one favorite as of Tuesday night over the Memphis Express, you know, they've got guys like Christian Hackenberg, Brandon Silvers, and, and Zach Mettenberger among their quarterbacks. Not sure who their main guy will be. Probably Hackenberg, but we'll find out. What are some things to watch for in this game? Who who are you really worried about when you look at the matchups? Well, I'm really worried about that dynamic wide receiver they have in Pig Howard. His Christian name's Alton out of, state of, out of uh, Tennessee. Excuse me. Uh, they have a great cornerback as well in Johnny Cook. Uh, kicked out of Alabama at one point in time and playing collegiately at, at the University of Memphis. Uh, uh, that's the things you need to look forward to for them. We're, we're, we are most concerned about those two players and how we limit them. And we feel if we can limit them, we can have uh, some pretty good success in this game. 
All right. Looking forward to that. Really can't wait to see. Back to Alabama football news. Alabama gets a preferred walk-on commitment from Northridge High School in Tuscaloosa. Long snapper Gabriel Pugh, 6'4", 265, also started on the offensive line. And it looks like he's got a chance to come in and be a be a backup to Thomas Fletcher right away. What's, what are your thoughts on this uh, on this commitment? Well, I really like this player, Drew. I probably watched about 2,000 of his long snaps, uh, either in games or at camps. And, and I think he's a fantastic player. I think this is a great pickup for Alabama. You know, he's the reason why Scott Meyer, one of the reasons why Scott Meyer entered the NCAA transfer portal. Uh, another reason why Ryan Paris was told not to come back after the Citadel game. Uh, he's 6'4", 265 pounds. He's really big for a long snapper. Most long snappers aren't that big. Uh, you know, Thomas Fletcher certainly isn't that big. So this is a pretty stocky guy uh, for a long snapper. I think he could start in 2020 after Thomas Fletcher leaves for the NFL, NFL draft following his junior year. Uh, he comes from a football family. He's Ryan Pugh's cousin, the former Auburn player. Uh, so he knows how to play the game the right way. Uh, Ryan Pugh, one of the most upstanding offensive linemen in the game in terms of how to properly block and show great sportsmanship, but still had that mean streak. So I think this is a great pickup for Alabama. I think he's going to be the next long snapper uh, for Coach Saban. All right. When you break down his film, who does he remind you of? Well, he reminds me of the best long snapper in the NFL right now. Of course, that's Jacob McQuaid. Uh, played for the Rams, had a great game. As you saw uh, Sunday in the Super Bowl, he got a lot of action out there. Uh, he's the highest-paid long snapper in the NFL for good reason. Uh, made the Pro Bowl uh, 2016 and 17. Obviously didn't go this year because he was playing the Super Bowl. But he's the best long snapper in the game. And, and uh, when I see Gabriel Pugh, he looks a lot to me like Jacob McQuaid did when he was coming out of high school in Cincinnati would go on to Ohio State University. All right. Well, so Alabama's in the mix for several big-time prospects. They're going to probably add about maybe four or five guys tomorrow. We'll go through some of those real quick, and we've talked about many of them on the last few podcasts, and you can go back and listen to them, search for the Champs Corner podcast. And, uh, Mark, you'll just tell me where you where you, where your sources are telling you that these guys will go. And uh, we'll start with Byron Young, the defensive lineman out of Mississippi, who has been committed to Alabama for quite a while but did not sign in December. He's going to stick with this commitment to Alabama. He's a really elite player, Drew, and and I look forward to seeing what he does. He's going to make an impact coming up on the field this fall for Alabama. All right, how about Keelan Robinson, a running back out of uh, the Washington D.C. area, who also didn't sign in December, but has been had has been on the Alabama commitment list for quite a while. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people were iffy on whether the Alabama coaching staff really wanted to keep him. Uh, but he wants to play for Alabama. He's willing to play any position for Alabama, and he's going to be wearing crimson next year. All right. Chris Bogle is a linebacker from Fort Lauderdale, committed to Alabama at the U.S. Army All-American game, and uh, he has not signed anywhere yet. Florida and Miami have made some strong pushes. Do you think he sticks with Alabama? Yeah, I think so. We talked earlier in the podcast about Anomi Obama leaving. I think this is going to steer Chris Bogle to stick with his Alabama commitment. I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Mullen made a nice try to make a nice offer to get him to choose uh, the Gators and move to Gainesville, but I think he's going to stick with Alabama. All right, how about Henry Toa Toa, the linebacker at, uh, from the West Coast? I expect Alabama. I think Washington could be orchestrating something maybe to get revenge for Ali Cahill, Uh but I, I think Alabama at this point. All right, how about the running back, uh, Jerry Ely out of Jackson, Mississippi, the five-star, made a, made a – uh, 
official visit to Alabama recently, was committed to Ole Miss for a long time. Clemson's also in the mix. Well, he's going to get drafted to play pro baseball and sign a, a big baseball contract, so I really don't – it doesn't matter where he signs with on Wednesday. That's all just uh, decoration, really. Uh, but he's going to go through and play pro ball, and in a few years he's going to show up. He's going to be part of the – I predict he's going to be part of the Birmingham Iron coming up in 2024 once he gets done playing pro baseball. All right. How about Ishmael Sopcher, the big defensive lineman out of uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana? I predict Alabama here. I think uh, Alabama's going to be a big prospect out of the state of Louisiana. All right. How about tight end Brett Scyther out of uh, Florida? Well, I think he's going to pick Georgia. I don't think Alabama really wants him as much as Georgia does. I think Alabama's going to let him go. Georgia subscription site's going to make it sound like it's a big victory for Kirby Smart, and he stole one from Coach Saban, but uh, that's not going to be the case here. All right. And last of all, uh, Christian Williams, the defensive back, out of Daphne High School, who has technically been committed to Alabama for a long time, Adam, but I don't know that he's going to sign there tomorrow. I don't think he's going to sign with Alabama either. I think Alabama moved on him a long time ago. I predict him to go to Miami. All right. Some big news lately. Uh, grad transfer Corliss Waitman from South Alabama has visited, and it looks like he's telling the media reports that he's going to choose between Alabama or Mississippi State. 41.7 yards per punt last year, 45.2 yards per punt as a sophomore in 2017. Also kicked off for the Jags, has a year of eligibility. Obviously, Alabama's punting situation was not very good last year, and it looks like Skylar DeLong and Mike Bernier are slated to return, but it also looks like Alabama could really do a lot better at the position. What's going on here? Oh, well, yeah, I think this is a... Um, would be a great pickup for Alabama if he signs with Alabama. Now, you talked about talked about his great stats, 41.7 yards per punt last year. As a sophomore, over 45 yards per punt also kicks off. It's between Alabama and Mississippi State. I think he'll pick Alabama. They have a spot for him. Uh, you know, Skylar DeLong maybe still having some issues. Uh, I like this player a lot. One thing I like about him, he's left-footed, Drew. And we talk a lot about special teams, so I'm going to talk some more about special teams today. You look at how many punters there are in the NFL that are left-footed. Do you know how many there are? I have no idea. There what are two or three left-footed punters in the NFL, Drew? Ten. Ah. The reason is is because when they kick the ball, the ball spins counterclockwise. If you're the punter, so if you're the punt returner, it's spinning to you clockwise. But you're not used to that. Your entire career, you've been you've been receiving from right-handed, right-footed punters, and it's been going the the one direction. You trained your whole life to receive kicks that way. Well, in the NFL, they started going with left-footed punters, and they're now doing the same thing in the college game. You looked at how effective the, uh, you know, the Colquitt family is. Dustin Colquitt in college, now in the NFL, and he's my comparison for Corliss Waitman. He's left-footed. Uh, I think Corliss Waitman has the same kind of effect that he did in being a fantastic punter, and not just the length and the height he gets on the ball, but his ability to confuse returners with the spin of the ball coming off his foot. And that can be very deceiving, uh, especially in those 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 middays when the sun's out in, in August and in September and October uh, trying to receive his punt. So I think it would be a fantastic pickup for Alabama if they could get him. Yeah, I really like seeing good punters, and Alabama didn't have that last year. So uh, get maybe an elite year out of Corliss Waitman, and then hopefully you know maybe the next punter will go back to being good like J.K. Scott was. Some – not so good recruiting news before we get to listener questions. 2020 Jacksonville, Florida quarterback Carson Beck decommitted from Alabama. He's been on the Alabama commit list for 
oh, about a year until now, or at least a few months. You know, he's close with Dan Enos, who was there for a, for a year. Now he's at Miami. Uh, what's going on with Carson Beck? Well, you look at who Alabama signed last year. Alabama signed two 2019 quarterbacks, and both of them are possibly starting. Carson Beck's looking at sitting behind them for his entire career. I don't think he wants to go up against that. So uh, Miami and Florida are going after him pretty hard, and, and I think they're the top contenders for him at this point. All right. Let's finish this podcast up with some listener questions. Mark, tell everybody how they can find you on social media or through email. Well, if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm on Twitter all the time. And thank you to the hundreds of thousands of, of Twitter listeners, uh, excuse me, Twitter readers that I have. If you want to find me on Twitter, Twitter handle is at MarkJennings55. That's one word, at MarkJennings55. Or you can email me. My email address is MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. That's MarkBreaksDownFilm at AOL.com. To be perfectly honest with you, Drew handles most of the email stuff because he, he got me an email a long time ago when we first started and I still couldn't figure it out. But I got Twitter figured out. You can tweet at me there uh, or you can email me and Drew will make sure I get your email. So either one either one of those is good. Uh, so thank you guys for listening again. And I hear, I'm looking forward to answering some questions from you guys. All right. Well, the first question comes from at coach underscore bike. Calls himself Coach Billingsley on Twitter. Why does Avery play his son so much? Avery Johnson? Yeah. It's all about Alabama basketball? Right. Does Coach Billingsley watch Alabama basketball, Drew? Uh, not not sure. He, he didn't explain. Well, he, didn't, he plays because uh, he's a good player. That's why he plays, and he helps his team. I mean, uh, he says his name is Coach Billingsley. I assume that he would know something about coaching. This is like all those idiots got on Tubby Smith for playing his son Saul when he was at Kentucky back in the 90s. I believe it was the 90s. Might have been the early 2000s. But it, it doesn't matter. Uh, Avery plays his son because his son helps the team. Coach Billingsley. All right. Thank you, Coach Billingsley, for your question. We hear from Bama Pro Updates. Mark, I noticed that the Alliance of American Football launches with TV deals already in place with already in place with CBS, Turner, and NFL Network. Would you say that your negotiation acumen in dealing with stadium concessions was instrumental in helping the Alliance of American Football land all of these deals? Thanks for being the best in the business. That's a fantastic question. I haven't talked about this in the podcast before, but uh, due to my relationship with Dippin' Dots and my relationship with the Birmingham Iron, it would actually violate antitrust laws if I bought part of the team and then put my Dippin' Dots onto the concourse. So uh, there might be Dippin' Dots, I don't know, on the concourse. If there are, they're not mine. So you guys go ahead and you can buy them or not if you want. I guess that helps me. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I really don't care if you buy from them or not. It doesn't. I just want you to buy them when you go to Alabama games. But, uh, yeah, so I have nothing to do with the concessions at Legion Field. If they're terrible, uh, I feel sorry for you. They might be because I'm not running them, of course. So uh, I'm very sorry if you, if you have problems with the concessions at Legion Field. Like, I have nothing to do with it. I had to give that up in order to become a part of the ownership group. All right. We hear from Rob Pearson. That's at Pearson CPA. Podcast question from Mark Jennings, 55. Back in the fall, Al Roker blamed the California fires specifically on global warming. What specific government action should be blamed for today's temperatures? Thanks in advance. 
Didn't I answer this exact same question in the last podcast? Uh, it wasn't the last one, but it was a few podcasts ago. Cade goes off to join the Marines for some reason. I'm out here. I got a, I got these terrible questions. I need him back screening the questions again. He was pretty good for those couple of times he did it. But yeah, I talked about this. There's no such thing as global warming, Drew. There's no such thing as global warming. Man didn't land on the moon. They filmed it in Sand Mountain. We talked about this on the two podcasts ago. I mean, so uh, why are we talking about it again? Al, Al, Al Roker, I don't even know who that is. He sounds like a real idiot. I think so. I think so as well. Do you we'll know move who Al on. Roker is? No, I, I've never heard of the guy, Mark. I just I just watch sports. Well, you see, I, I, he seems like a real moron. Yeah, Al, if you're listening, I apologize. I'd love to give you, give you the opportunity to come on the podcast and explain yourself and why you think global warming is real, even though anyone with half a brain knows it's all made up. Absolutely. So thank you um, for listening, if you're listening, Al. Right. Thank you, Al. Uh, hey, um, uh, we hear from Wayne Ingram, and he says, Mark, not many people know the story of how you found Birmingham Iron quarterback when he was a, a younger, younger than he is now, but no scouts would listen to you. How proud are you to see him starting for a pro team all these years later? Well, it's why I do this, Wayne. It's why I do this. I don't do this for the, the money. I do it for the, the, the impact I can have on people's lives. And, you know, I look at the way Luis Perez's career has progressed. From, he almost gave up football, uh, but he didn't. He stuck with it, and now he's uh, starting on a professional football team. Uh, it warms my heart. I have so many stories like that from my career. And it really makes me proud to have the impact on those people and really make their lives better. And that's what really gives me joy. All right. We hear from Drew Smalley. Mark, was removing the upper deck at Legion Field the worst decision ever made by the leaders of Birmingham since the extra capacity will certainly be missed for all the iron games from Sunday until our good Lord returns? Well, Obviously, the extra seating will be missed. I'm not an architecture expert, Drew, uh, but wasn't the the stadium about to collapse or something unless they took the upper deck down? You know, they took all this down. Um, what was it back after the twenty about about ten or twelve years ago, I think. And I know, you know, UAB plays there, and back then they weren't getting very very many fans. Uh, so certainly none. In are the, the are they deck. getting a lot of fans now? Has that changed? Uh, they're getting a little bit more. I think around eighteen or twenty thousand, something like that. Not quite as many as you expect on Sunday, but uh, certainly not any to get into the upper deck. Well, well, I I, I thought the upper deck was moved, was taken down because it's about to collapse. I mean, I wish we had it this weekend. Trust me, because we we could you know really pack out the place. But you know, it's not there, and there's nothing we can do about it. But I honestly thought it was because the stadium was about to collapse or something. I didn't know that. Yeah, that, that's very possible. I'd have to go back and I'm look. I'm sure it makes the UAB fans feel good about themselves that they they it looks like the stadium's much more full since they took the upper deck off. I think so. Um, I think I think it seats what in the seventy thousands. Is that about how many you're expecting this weekend? Yeah, about that. Uh, there's going right. to be a lot of uh, people outside the stadium uh, hanging out tailgating is what we we're expecting. So. Uh, we're probably about 70,000 in the stadium, probably 30,000 outside the stadium is what, what we're expecting. And we've talked to the city of Birmingham about it and making sure they know how many people are going to be there, and they've got everything worked out for us. All right. Can't wait. It's going to be such an exciting event. And another iron question 
We hear uh, from Cameron Luke Ratliff at Fluffopotamus88. Mark, I think I speak for everyone when I say that we are all very excited for the Birmingham Iron to play football this weekend. Could you break down the matchup at Long Snapper in the Irons game against the hated Memphis Express? Thanks for all you do. Thank you for your question, uh, Fluffopotamus88. You usually have some pretty good questions. Unfortunately, this is not one of them. You do realize that Long Snapper's aren't matched up against each other during the game. Do you think he knows that? I mean, it's not like a wide receiver going to go up against a defensive back. Like, they're on they, they're on the opposite sides of the ball. Like, I'd be very surprised if they were ever on the field at the same time. Does that make sense to you, Drew? Yeah, can you just tell us uh, about the long snappers for each team? Though? Well, yeah, I mean, the long snapper for the, for the Express is Ryan Navarro from Oregon State. Uh... Of course, the Birmingham Iron has Alabama alum Cole Mazza. I think Cole Mazza is a little better than Ryan Navarro. But, yeah, they're not going to be on the field at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like break down the, 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 the quarterback matchup. Like, they're not going to be – they're not throwing against each other. Right? Right. Can you talk about the bend or anything like that of, of each snapper? I mean, yeah, I could. Like, I like Cole Mazza a lot. We've talked about him before. I believe I've compared players to him before. You know, he's got pretty good torque, pretty good bend. He's pretty agile down there. Uh, I like the way when he gets his explosive coming off the ball after he snaps it, he uses weight to really uh, push himself forward so he can get down the field faster on those punts to make a tackle. Ryan Navarro I like a lot. He's got a lot of the same skill set that Cole Mazza does. He is, his butt's a little bigger, so he's a little more stable. Uh, you're not he's a, he's a little better blocker. You don't need to be a great blocker to be a long snapper, but – uh, he could do that for you. So, yeah, but that's the matchup, I guess. All right. Tale of two halves. That's at Hughes underscore Hancock one. Who will the who will be the Irons' biggest rival? I already hate the Atlanta Apollos. Well, it's good to have hate in your heart, Tale of two halves. So, uh, hate Atlanta, Memphis, Orlando, all those teams. Uh, I think, honestly, uh, the, the competition we're going to have at the top spot and the league is going to be the, the Arizona Hot Shots, I believe. The GM is Phil Savage, I believe. Uh, but they got some pretty good players out there. Trevor Knight's up there. Uh, I believe Richard Bellaney plays for them. So I, I think uh, Arizona's going to be the team to beat outside of us in the uh, Alliance of American Football this year. All right. Last off, we hear from Paul T. Graham. Mark, did the subscription sites just flat-out miss on the Yabi Obama can you remind us who you compared to out of high school? And we also want to know how Caden is doing in the Marines, and do you have any updates there? Well, I think the subscription sites did miss Alan, to be honest with you. And he asked me who we comped him to. Uh, Drew was all the time asking, why don't we make a comparison for this kid? And I said, Drew, I don't think this kid's really an SEC player. And so we never compared him to anybody out of high school. So uh, another situation, me being exactly correct, uh, I'm sorry for the kid. I hope he goes on and has a good college career. It's just not going to be at the University of Alabama. And I haven't heard from Caden, to be honest with you. I hope he's doing fantastic uh, over in the Marines. I'm sure he's having a real fun time over there. I'm pretty sure it's probably like summer camp or something that he's doing. So uh, I'm sure he's doing fantastic. I'm sure he's having way too much fun to, to talk to, to his old friend Mark Jennings. All right. Well, I'm glad uh, Mark Jennings has time for us on the podcast. That will wrap up this edition and hopefully you guys are listening to this on Wednesday morning before the news of National Signing Day. Uh, there's going to be a few big-time recruits announcing their decisions, faxing their letters of intent, and then um, 
doesn't hold a candle to what's going to be coming up this weekend with the Birmingham Irons. First game, new league. We we anticipate having this league around for many, many years, at least through the end of our lifetimes. Mark, I know you're excited. I hope you get some rest, and I really appreciate you joining us this week on the podcast. Drew, I've been very busy this week getting ready for the opener, but you know I always have time to come on your podcast and go iron, Drew. Go Iron Mark, and we'll be talking next week about the about the season opener. Oh, absolutely. We'll have big-time breakdowns. I might try to get a player on. Uh, we'll see if I can do that. But uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to come back next week and talk about the game. Good deal. And we thank all hundreds of thousands of you for listening, and we will talk to you guys soon. 